Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, September the 18th. And uh, a lot of action over the weekend, uh, of course. NCAA football, uh, of course, the NFL uh, yesterday. Got a couple games on tonight, too, as the Saints uh, will journey to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Meanwhile, at approximately 735, we'll have uh, head football coach uh, Ryan Antoine on to talk about Westgate's big win over the weekend. Then at a quarter to the hour, uh, Bob Rose will talk a little bit about the Saints in the game tonight uh, as they uh, take on the Panthers. Uh, Major League Baseball, Dodgers uh, clinch another division title. And a world record set up in Eugene, Oregon, with the Steve Prefontaine uh, Classic up there. And, of course, as always, I tell you, in sports history, uh, we'll bring you that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, NCAA football, of course, the LSU Tigers take care of business uh, Saturday morning early. And a wake-up call, and uh, they just uh, dominated Mississippi State from the start uh, with that uh Daniels has uh, uh, just a fine game throwing the football and running it to LSU. Just and some uh, wide open receivers. Oh, man. just to get out to a big lead and uh, pretty much coast too. Uh, they could uh, Mississippi State coming in two and zero. Just uh, Tigers just shattered. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Cajuns uh, journey up to Birmingham, uh, a two and a half point underdog, and they take care of business up there after an hour delay or more with a uh, lightning strikes that were taking place up there, and the Cajuns dispose of uh, the Blazers uh, uh, up there in Birmingham. In the meantime, uh, maybe the unveiling of a new quarterback for the Cajuns, too, is Chris, uh, the redshirt freshman out of Baton Rouge, uh, uh, gets things done for the Cajuns, an 80-yard run, a long pass, and the Cajuns roll 41-21. to over UAB and Coach uh, Mike Decimo's team. Meanwhile, the Green Wave take care of Southern Miss over in Hattiesburg, 21-3. to And uh, a quiet game, but uh, surprisingly, uh, of their three ball games, uh, Tulane has faced the first-team all-league running backs and held them under 50 yards each one. Uh, again, uh, Southern Miss is Frank Gore, Jr., who had rushed for 1,300 yards last year, had, uh, I think, 13 carries for 18 yards. In the meantime, La Tech uh, loses a tough one to North Texas, 40-37. to 37, And Louisiana Monroe go journeys to College Station, and A&M takes care of them, 47-3. But the big news, I guess, in college football, in uh, the week four polling, the AP poll, is Alabama uh, coach Nick Saban, not a happy camper as they struggled to beat an average-to-below-average South Florida team. Of course, in the rain, but uh, – yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that anyway. The year of the Pac-12 continues in college football with five of the 14 teams in this week's AP poll hailing from the soon-to-be defunct league. Meanwhile, Alabama falls out of the top ten for the first time. You ready, folks? Since September 27, 2015, ending a streak of 128 straight weeks. Only Miami, the Hurricanes, uh, had it for 137 consecutive weeks. In the top ten from 1985 to 1993. Meanwhile, uh, they're the only ones that had a longer run in the AP poll. Meanwhile, the AP poll out uh, Sunday afternoon. Georgia maintains its number one ranking. They had a little tough time. Those they finally put away uh, South Carolina. Elsewhere, Michigan remains at number two. Texas, uh, number three. Florida State uh, dropped one to number four. USC at number five. Ohio State at six. Penn State, seven. Uh, coming in at eighth are the Washington Huskies, followed by Notre Dame. And Oregon rounds out the top ten. Meanwhile, the Utah Utes come in at 11. The Tigers move up a couple spots to 12. Alabama uh, at 13 drops behind LSU. Meanwhile, Oregon State uh, moves up to 14. Ole Miss uh, moves up to 15. Meanwhile, uh, Oklahoma, 16. North Carolina, 17. Then Duke, uh, 8-19. Colorado, another uh, win. But, boy, they had to squeak one out in overtime to beat their in-state rivals, the Colorado State Rams. Elsewhere, Miami comes in at 20. Washington State at 21. UCLA at 22. Tennessee, which journeyed down to Gainesville to take on the Gators, and they haven't won there often. I think the last time they won there on Florida's home turf was in 03. 
So they're defeated. They drop all the way from 11th all the way down to 23rd. Iowa comes in at 24th. Florida at 25th as Coach Billy Napier's uh, Gators make an appearance in the top 25 after taking down Tennessee uh, uh, Saturday evening. Meanwhile, uh, there are six ranked on ranked matchups this Saturday. We're looking at Ohio State at number nine, Notre Dame. They haven't played that often. You think those teams up in that part of the country would have played up more? But the last time Notre Dame beat Ohio State in the in the in the U uh, was in nineteen either thirty five or thirty six. And the reason I know that uh, the winning touchdown catch was caught by Andy Pilney who uh, ended up being a head football coach at Tulane in the 50s and early 60s. He caught the pass to beat uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, as the last time that happened. And uh, with that, of course, Andy Pilney was a Congress, uh, councilman in uh, uh, Jefferson Parish for many years. But uh, we'll see uh, how that's going to come forth. I think that's – Ohio State's one of the few teams that Notre Dame uh, doesn't have a winning record all, but they'd only played maybe six, seven, possibly eight times. And uh, last time Notre Dame won was way back in the 30s. Elsewhere, number 19, Colorado journeys to number 10, Oregon. We'll find out a little bit more about Coach Prime as uh, he tries to head to 4-0, taking on a top team now. Uh, Had a tough time against Colorado State, the Rams, uh, Saturday evening or late Saturday night, I should say. And, of course, number 15, Ole Miss. Uh, they'll journey to uh, Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama. Boy, Jeff, if you watched any of that Alabama game, man, you were wondering, man, where, what happened to like Alabama? their feet were stuck in the mud. Gee, I mean, the quarterback play. Of course, I saw an article the other day that said that maybe Arch Manning should consider entering the transfer portal and heading over to Alabama because they need help uh, bad. Uh, don't know. I'm sure it was a little uh, bit of levity there, but uh, tongue-in-cheek. But uh, maybe he did go to the wrong school as uh, Texas right now. Looks pretty strong, but they they had a tough time, too, uh, against Wyoming. As Wyoming at one time had a sh- uh, small lead in that game. And, uh, of course, Texas come back to uh, put away my Wyoming later on in the second half. So uh, uh, college football uh, on the uh, agenda. Uh, uh, and uh, speaking of LSU, again, uh, the Tigers uh, really play well to knock off um, to knock off Mississippi State. Mississippi State came in 2-0. and uh, They hadn't beaten anybody real seriously, but uh, there was – a lot of uh, prognosticators felt maybe this might be upset city for LSU, but they showed their wares. As- well, you know I, I was really doubting that nine-and-a-half-point spread. I, I really thought it would be tough for LSU to cover that, but, uh, boy, they uh, impressed me early. Yeah, and what, at one time, wasn't uh, Daniels, uh, what, 15 out of 15? Or I mean, he I don't think he'd missed an incompletion. I know he was 10 out of 10, uh, and, of course, uh, the kid from uh, – uh, Broussard, uh, uh, neighbors just hauling in passes, looked like a, looked like a first-team All-American. And uh, I think he ended up with a couple touchdown uh, catches along with, uh, at one time, I don't know how many yards he ended up having, but it was, uh, did he break 200? I'm not sure. But uh, just some great catches by the young man from LSU as uh, the Tigers uh, just put away Mississippi State uh, in the meantime uh, with a big f- – 41 to 14 win in that game uh, Saturday morning. Of course, a lot of people felt that uh, LSU would they wake up in time uh, to play that game, but uh, that wasn't a problem. To Daniels was 30 out of 34 for 361 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, he ran 15 times for 64 yards and a couple scores. Uh, LSU running back uh, Diggs had a pretty good game too. Nine carries, 41 yards. Have been waiting for him to break out. Of course, Neighbors 13 catches. He did break the 200 yard. I thought I saw that somewhere. 239 yards. He averaged 18.4 yards of reception with a long of 48. Also, uh, Thomas had seven catches for 60 yards and uh, his long of uh, 19. Uh, Diggs uh, three for 30. So the Tigers, uh, meanwhile. Uh, didn't have to punt the ball, but twice, and uh, they come out with a big win over the uh, Mississippi State uh, Bulldogs as uh, LSU pretty much uh, uh, dominated that game from the very start as uh, before they could even uh, get going. LSU had already had a 24 to nothing lead. It was 24-7 to at halftime. Tigers come back with 10 in the third period, uh, each with seven in the fourth period as uh, LSU rolls 
And, uh, of course, uh, this week they travel up to uh, – do they travel up to Fayetteville? I'm wondering, or does uh, Arkansas – They do play Arkansas. Yeah, but I'm trying to think, does that game uh, – uh, is that game in Baton Rouge? Last year, didn't Arkansas beat LSU in a tight game on a late field goal? It is in Baton Rouge. Yeah, late field goal last year uh, with that. So, Arkansas comes in. uh, They were defeated by BYU over the weekend, uh, I think 38-31, somewhere in that vicinity. Gave up a couple of leads. They did. So, And LSU, believe it or not, are an 18-point pick in that game in Tiger Stadium uh, this uh, weekend. So, uh, Starting to show their strength. Uh, well, it's down to 17. I saw 18 and a half earlier. That's going to be on ESPN. The kickoff will be at 6 p.m. Saturday evening up in Tiger Stadium. And uh, Arkansas comes in averaging 38 points a game. Tigers at 45.7. They're 10th in the country. Arkansas total yards, 370 a game. LSU, 536 yards of total offense per game. That's 6th in the country. Meanwhile, passing yards, uh Arkansas is at 219, LSU at 344, which is 10th. Uh, rushing yardage, uh, LSU is at 192, that's 35th in the country. Arkansas at 151, that's 74th. Meanwhile, third down proficiency, uh, LSU is at f- almost 58%, that's 5th in the country. Uh, Arkansas at 42. Fourth down, LSU is uh, at 50%, Arkansas at, at two-thirds, 67 Meanwhile, time of possession, both about the same, 32-14 for Arkansas, 32-09 for LSU. Defensively, LSU gives up 23 a game, Arkansas 19. LSU gives up uh, total yards, 338, Arkansas 257. Meanwhile, Arkansas gives up uh, 202 uh, passing, LSU gives up 207 passing. Meanwhile, rushing yardage, Arkansas gives up only 55 yards a game, LSU 130. So, uh Big ball game for the uh, Tigers this weekend, but uh, a 17-point pick. Arkansas comes in 2-1 and one after getting beat by BYU over the weekend. Elsewhere, of course, uh, the Raging Cajuns uh, uh, also coming home to play uh, Buffalo, their first home game. Uh, they'll be playing at Cajun Field. That'll be, if you're able to see that, that'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Meanwhile, the Cajuns, uh, after a big uh, win up in Birmingham, uh, where they were a two-and-a-half-point dog, uh, and a weather delay in that game, lightning. Cajuns come in 2-1, and one, maybe have found their quarterback. Don't know how seriously hurt Woolridge is. I know he came out of the game, I think, with an ankle sprain. Don't know how serious that is. Cajuns. Not his knee. That okay, that's right. The more severe one. Anyway, the Cajuns come in a 10.5-point pick over the Buffalo team. Uh, and the Cajuns averaging 30, almost 37 points a game. Uh, Buffalo 27 Cajuns uh, 467 yards of offense to Buffalo's 347. Elsewhere, uh, Buffalo throws the ball for 245 yards to Cajuns 238. Uh, rushing yards, Buffalo 102. Cajuns 228. Uh, third down proficiency, Buffalo uh, is at 27. The Cajuns at 39. Fourth down, the Cajuns uh, get it two out of three times. Buffalo 36. Defensively, it'll be interesting. Buffalo gives up their last or second, third to last. They give up 44 points a game. The Cajuns give up 24. Uh, Buffalo does uh, give up 510 yards a game. Cajuns 321. Uh, Buffalo passing yards gives up 281, while the Cajuns 212. Rushing yards at Buffalo gives up 230. The Cajuns 109. So uh, going to be an interesting game up in Cajun Field. So the Cajuns have a a 10-point uh, uh, favorites. Uh, look for them to come back home uh, finally after beating Northwestern. Cajuns uh, come into this game 2-1. and one. Buffalo's 0-3. Oh uh, should be interesting in that regard. Of course, uh, other big games, as I mentioned. Ole Miss. Uh, be interesting to see how they do against Alabama, who's reeling uh, right now. And, uh, of course, the Tide uh, with a sluggish. And uh, like you said earlier, it looked like they were wearing concrete shoes in that game. Of course, it was raining and the weather was pretty bad. But And uh, I think they did have a delay in that game, too. I can't remember how long uh, with lightning uh, taking place uh, with that. But uh, in the meantime, uh, college football, uh, Nickel State journeys to Tulane this weekend, uh, trying to see where uh, who La Tech might have been playing along with the UL Monroe. UL Monroe, as I mentioned, gets beat by A&M up in College Station. La Tech. <laughs> They journeyed to Nebraska to take on Nebraska. Nebraska is a three-touchdown pick over La Tech. 
as La Tech comes to the game two and two. Nebraska one and two, of course, were beating were beaten by Colorado earlier this year as Coach Prime's second big win of the year. Just trying to see uh some other games of note uh uh, around the uh, country uh, with that. Of course, we talked about uh, Ohio State and Notre Dame going at it. Uh, in the meantime, LSU at uh, Arkansas at LSU. Uh, other games, uh, just fumbling through here quickly. Uh, of course, Missouri had a big win over the weekend, too. As, uh, Cost them 100000 That's right, dude. That's right. <laughs> that's right. As they, uh, they kick a 61-yard field goal as time expires, uh, Missouri does, to win that game. Uh, elsewhere, I was just trying to see if uh, any of the other uh, state teams uh, play uh, in that. Uh, California at Washington, USC at uh, Arizona State out on the coast this weekend. So, uh in that uh, with other college football. Mississippi State journeys to South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks. Uh, South Carolina, six-point pick in that game. Georgia hosts UAB, who uh, the Cajuns took care of over the weekend. Uh, Georgia's only a 40-and-a-half-point pick in that ball game. Um, just looking through it, uh, Memphis at Missouri. Missouri's a seven-point pick in that game. Um, Florida hosts Charlotte. They're a t- four-touchdown pick in that game. Um, any other big games? Uh, Washington State uh, will host Oregon State. Oregon State two and a half point pick in that ball game. Uh, other games have noticed uh, here. Um, Oklahoma State, if you saw, got beat uh, too uh, uh, Saturday night uh, by a uh, AAC team. Uh, uh, so it's uh, South Alabama. Uh, the Sun Belt beat Oklahoma State pretty good too. I think it was thirty-one to seven or somewhere in that vicinity. So uh, college football, uh, interesting matchups, as I mentioned, Ole Miss at Alabama. Alabama, seven-point pick in that game. Uh, we'll see uh, what comes forth. Uh, just other games quickly uh, early. Saturday, you got Auburn at uh, A&M. A&M, a seven-and-a-half-point pick. Auburn's 3-0, A&M 2-1. Kentucky at Vanderbilt. Kentucky's 3-0. Won a big game over the weekend. Vanderbilt 2-2. Two two. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Northern Illinois takes on Tulsa, Jeff. The Huskies are three-and-a-half-point picks in that game over in, uh, up at Northern Illinois. And uh, elsewhere, just Florida State at Clemson. That'll be a 11 o'clock game uh, Saturday morning. I'm sure that's going to be on ABC, and it is. So uh, we'll see uh, how Florida State and Clemson rack up. Clemson comes in 2-1, and one, Florida State 3-0. and oh. uh, Other games of notice, uh, got a game, got two, uh, one game Thursday night and one, two, Three, four games uh, Friday night. Uh, Wisconsin at Purdue. Strange to see the Big Ten playing on a Friday night, too. Six o'clock kickoff uh, as Wisconsin uh, will travel to uh, Lafayette, Indiana, to take on Purdue. Meanwhile, North Carolina State of Virginia Air Force uh, at San Jose State, along with Boise State at San Diego State. Those are the Friday night games. Thursday night, Georgia State at Coastal Carolina uh, with that. So, uh, anyway, interesting in that regard uh, with uh, college football uh, up in the air. And uh, just quickly, Major League Baseball, uh, as the Dodgers capture their division title, and uh, they and the Braves are – pretty much uh moving quite right along too in that regard so we'll see uh with that the yankees uh holding on but uh things are getting away from them in that in major league baseball trying to pull up my notes here on on that in major league baseball uh in the standings uh and uh, i know your cubs uh reeling yeah they they are and uh they're tied i think in the wild card right now if my memory serves me correctly uh with uh, Miami and Cincinnati a half game back, but uh, right now Philadelphia with a with a three and a half game lead, Arizona with a half game lead, then the Cubs, Miami are tied, Cincinnati along with a half game back, along with the Giants are two, San Diego six, uh, with uh, was it maybe fifteen games, uh, twelve fifteen games left to play. Most teams over in the American League, Tampa Bay holding on uh, in the wild card with a nine plus uh, lead, followed by Toronto, but Texas. Uh, and Seattle game back. The Yankees are six and a half. Uh, Boston eight and a half. That's a lot of games to make up with uh, the small number of games they have left, though. Uh, in that, uh, Cubs um, had followed them. At just haven't been hitting the ball, uh, pitching uh, combination. Everything's been failing. Really? Yeah. Defense hasn't been real good either. 
Uh, and uh, those are uh, things usually defense and pitching and three-run homers, as their old Weaver used to say. But uh, Major League Baseball, as I mentioned, uh, right now as the uh, – the Dodgers, uh, they just they they're, they're dominating that that division. I think they've won their tenth out the last time, uh, the last ten year, twelve, eleven years. They've won their division, I think, uh, ten times. So uh, the Dodgers uh, just uh, grabbing hold right now. And uh, looking at it, uh, the Dodgers clinch their tenth uh, NL West, eleven seasons. Anyway, uh, the the Angels have won more division titles. <laughs> Uh, uh, I should say the Los Los Angeles has won more division ties than the Dodgers, not the Angels. All but 10 teams have won the entire division outright. The Dodgers, 21 division titles. That's the only people they trailed. The Braves, who won like 15 in a row at one time with the uh, pitching of uh, their pitchers. And their 1,022 wins since 2013 are by far the most of any team, but the larger gap. Yankees are second at 934. Uh, elsewhere, um, that hardly guarantees, but like the Dodgers standing reservation for October for baseball. So uh, they didn't do much in the offseason while free spending Padres loaded up. Anyway, even as San Diego stumbled early, the upstart Diamondbacks came out hot. Anyway, looking ahead, uh, now comes the hard part, turning regular season success into titles. Dodgers' only championship during this otherwise epic run came in the pandemic-shortened season of 2020. So, uh We'll see. Of course, the Orioles clinched their first postseason since 2016 and Sunday uh, and walked off the Rays to retake a two-game lead in the division. And uh, it was pretty much electric uh, for that game. So, uh, Rays, by the way, clinched too. Uh, I forgot about that. A You're wild right. card. Yes. So uh, baseball uh, winding down. Uh, anyway, time to uh, get ready to take a break. But uh, we'll have uh, Coach Ryan Antoine to talk about Westgate's big win over Evangel Christian over the weekend and pretty much dominated that game too. So uh, with that, anyway, time to take a break here on Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, September the 18th. Uh, you listen to FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more along with Coach Antoine right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Jacob Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. And uh, were we able to hit Coach yet? He's calling us back uh, right now, I believe. We've got him on the line. All righty. Coach, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Hey, Coach, uh, congratulations on a very nice win Uh Friday night, uh, beating uh, Evangel Christian, the Eagles, by a score of 34-12. And uh, 
for the people who weren't able to attend the game. Could you give our listeners a little uh, a synopsis of the game last uh, Friday night? And, of course, you got another big opponent uh, this Friday as you take on uh, the St. Martinville Tigers' journey to Westgate to uh, be which Tiger will be standing up. But, Coach, go ahead and give us a little, uh, I guess, reference to the game last Friday night. Yeah, took on a, you know, very tough Evangel team, uh, you know, ranked team in, in class 4A and, you know, have some real good players. Uh, defensive lineman that's committed to Texas A&M had one of the best wide receivers in the, in the state. Uh, and, you know, they came here and, you know, gave us pretty much everything they had early on. Uh, we, we scored on them real late, right before the, uh, end of the second quarter, right before halftime. And, um, like I said, we had about three touchdowns called back in that first half. Uh, and then, like I said, so end up going into half at, you know, seven nothing, uh, came out in the, at the, at the beginning of the second half and we scored again. Um, like I said, Tobias Garden had a real good game for us, uh, Friday night. Also, Jabari Antoine scored a touchdown, um, as well. And, uh, then we, we scored 14 nothing and they took the open to go to into and kickoff, um, back for a touchdown, uh, on us. Then he also got the onside kick. So it was, it was 14 six and the defense held up and stopped them. Um, then they end up, we scored one more time, uh, uh, Tobias scored, uh, broke another run for us and made it 20 to, 20 to 6, and they came back and scored again on us, made it 20 to 12. Uh, and then we, they kind of got a little winded in the fourth quarter, uh, and we just decided, uh, you know, we would just play our style of football. We've been able to run the ball real well and just kind of lean on them. Uh, Evangel doesn't have as many kids as us. They kind of got a little winded and tired, and we were able to kind of impose our way and score 20 points in that, uh, in that second, in that in that fourth quarter, to make it thirty-four to twelve, I'm making I'm I'm, I'm messing up the point some kind of way um, in my mind right now. But uh, we were just able to you know just kind of take it over you know later later in the game. Uh, it kind of got away late, but for the most part, it was a good game you know for the whole night. Uh, and like I said, we just played very well defensively. We ended up holding that uh, one of their best receivers to thirty yards receiving. Uh, kind of stopped the quarterback, caught two interceptions. Uh, they didn't run the ball that well as well, but I mean, I felt like we definitely got to do a better job, special teams wise. Uh, we allowed two onside kicks to, for them to recover and allowed them to take a kick back. We also missed extra points. So those type of things that we're, that we're doing special teams wise stuff that we got to catch up on and clean up on because we don't want to wait, you know, to the end of the year and that come back and haunt us. So good, good game, good win nonetheless, but definitely got some things still we need to work on going into this game against St. Martinville this week. Defensively, it sounds uh, like you guys may have uh, won a battle of field position much in that first half. I'm thinking with all those callback touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, it was just crazy. I mean, like, you know, a couple of times, like, we you know, we were scoring. We were like, okay, where's the flag and those type of issues. And, I mean, you look at the film, it could have went either way. So we're not going to complain about those things, uh, you know. So very, very tightly officiated game, you know, when that happens. Uh, we just got to continue to keep on playing and, you know, continue to keep on trying to score as much as we can and play good defense. But our defense has been holding up for the most part, uh, doing a good job. And offense has been coming along. Uh, you know, we lost a lot of weapons last year. Dedrick Latoulas and Maju G, Braylon Raymond, uh, those guys. And then also losing Derek Williams, you know, who was also helped on offense and defense. was It's still, a, you know, was was a big loss. But guys are starting to step up now and get a lot of reps. And we just, you know, excited where we're at right now. Uh, Coach, were you, uh, did your game start on time Friday night, or were y'all hindered uh, by the rain? I know you have a turf field, meaning uh, uh, an AstroTurf or all-weather field. Uh, did the uh, were y'all able to get off on time? Uh, no, we didn't play till almost eight o'clock uh, Friday night. I mean, which you know, so you started you saw a lot of cramping uh, in that game. You know, just so guys having to wait around and you know just you know being up for regular you know regular time for school at seven o'clock in the morning. After that makes for a real long day, even Evangel, you know, having to travel all the way from Shreveport, you know, so you started seeing kind of guys, you know, mid third quarter, you know, fourth quarter. That stuff doesn't normally happen. I think we do a good job of conditioning over here and there's don't guys don't usually cramp, but we started, you know, getting some fatigue later on in the game. So yeah, we started late, but you know, I feel like, you know, we just have to handle it. Got it. I know, uh, Catholic High at Lowerville, uh, similar problems, I know, uh, at home Friday night, but. Uh, getting ready for St. Martinville. Looks like a, a fairly decent weather week. No rain in the forecast, uh, but uh, going to be a big night uh, Friday night. Yeah, definitely. I mean, St. Martinville always does a good job. You know, always a, always a tough opponent for us. Uh, has a, has a you know real good running back. I think one of the top running backs in the state. And the Blanco kid uh, have a good receiver. Uh, quarterback throws the ball real well, and they play they play solid defense as well. So. We we'll definitely have all you know have our work cut out for us, and better have to play as hard as we can to you know come over to victory tonight. I mean, Friday night. And I think uh, you mentioned uh, TV night uh, for your guys. Uh, 
opportunity for some good exposure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, this program has kind of you know put itself in a position to where you know we can get that type of exposure. You're just excited for our guys and pray that we can put on a good show. All right. Well, Coach, thanks for joining us. Anything uh, to add uh, to the, the game night experience coming up on Friday? Anything fans need to know? Uh, we'll be put, look on check on our uh, our Westgate Athletic Facebook page. I think we're working on some type of tailgating before the game and uh, just some free food and stuff for for, uh, for people to come out and just come support our kids. So. Definitely look at that, and, uh, you know, please come out and support our kids. The mission will be $10. I think it will be a good night of football for us. Absolutely. Uh, again, Coach, we appreciate you joining us on these uh, Monday mornings. All right. Thank you, guys. You All bet. right. Good luck to you, Coach. Yeah, he's correct, too. They've got uh, Stephen Blanco is one of the finer running backs in the area, and they've got a wide receiver by the name of Cullen. can't recall if that's his first name or last name, who's committed to Arizona State. So uh, St. Markville's got a couple, uh, maybe even a couple more Division One prospects on that team. So, of course. I'm sorry. Yeah, turn, of course. Turn my mic off on myself. Yeah. I doubled up on uh, Bro Bridge. Uh, That's right. Night. They sure did. And, uh, of course, the Tigers are uh, having a pretty good year, too, in that regard as they down Bro Bridge 40-19 uh, in a game played in St. Martinville last uh for, uh, last uh, Friday night, I'm pretty sure it was played uh, elsewhere. The the Generate uh, the Tigers uh, uh, just keep on going too, Jeff. As they win another game, they beat uh, uh, Lake Arthur uh, handedly. Also, thirty two to nothing. Yeah, so hats off to them. Uh, good luck to uh, Generate. Uh, first time uh, in good many years they had a winning season last year, and uh, it looks like they're keeping it going. So they beat uh, Lake Arthur thirty two to nothing. Uh, Friday night uh, in Generate. So hats off to them. Other teams uh, from the area, of course, Catholic High Friday night, we broadcast that game. Uh, it was a pretty much an hour delay because of the rain. Uh, Catholic High doesn't have the advantage of a uh, of a turf field, but their grass field held up pretty well. A couple spots began, began to wear a little bit, but the Panthers uh, take down Erath. 25-23, Erath scores late in the game, go for two, to tie it up, but a bad snap over the quarterback's head and pretty much ended uh, Erath's hopes of taking it to overtime. Of course, earlier in the game, a snap over Catholic High uh, uh, head uh, gave Erath an opportunity uh, for a good field position, too, later on in that game. Elsewhere, the Yellow Jackets uh, just uh, having a tough year so far right now. Uh, we'll have uh, Coach uh, Learman on later on during the week, but uh, Yellow Jackets uh, go down uh, in a tough game. So uh, with that, other scores around the area. Uh, Franklin loses to Berwick 21-14. to uh, um, I mentioned the Generate Lake Arthur score. Ascension Episcopal takes down Patterson 40 to 6. Um, I was looking for Highland. Of course, we gave you the Westgate score 34 to 12 with the coach. Anthony. Highland lost uh, St. John uh, 36 to nothing. Okay, and then Vermilion Catholic comes back uh, to beat Lorville. Lorville uh, at one time had a 14 nothing lead in that game. Looks like Vermilion Catholic uh, has taken down the three district teams. Uh, in uh, Ascension Episcopal Catholic High and now Lorville. Uh, they beat Lorville 27-21, come back late uh, to beat Lorville in a game. Uh, of course, we'll have Coach uh, uh, Martin on later on during the week to tell us uh, how Tomorrow. that game uh, yes, uh, prevailed. Uh, in the meantime, uh, looking at some of our old coaches that I like to do, uh, Scott Watney victorious again. Holy Cross downs uh, Chalmette 28-20. Uh, coach, uh, the old ball coach, uh, Coach Indes, uh, journeyed to Terrebonne uh, thir- last Thursday night and got beat 40 to 13. So, uh, anyway, uh, some uh, good, some bad for some of our former coaches. Just looking for other scores around the uh, area. And Notre that- Dame beat Como 41 to 12. Lafayette Christian dominates Jesuit. 51 to 18, Ascension Episcopal beat Patterson. 40 to 6, Berwick beat Franklin. 21 to 14, Cecilia shut out Northside uh, for their first loss. Uh, Northside and let's see, Pope John Paul II beat Delcom. 35 to 12, and Sam Houston beat Barb. 36 22, Washington Marion beat West St. Mary. 28 to nothing. And St. Thomas More over Brother Martin, 41-7. to Sulphur beat Lafayette, 42-33. to And I think uh, those are most of the 
schools that are in the districts of the Iberian Parish schools. All right. Uh, with that, uh, didn't did uh, Acadiana Christian did the Lions play? They uh, they played Thursday. We talked what, about their yeah, sixty-eight to nothing win. On yeah, Friday. That, that's correct. Uh, that slide uh, the old memory gave. Uh, anyway, with that, of course, uh, we're just about ready to take another break and have uh, Coach uh, Coach have Bob Rose on the air with us, Sports Illustrated Saints beat writer, and see what he thinks about the game tonight and uh, maybe some action around the league. But uh, in the meantime. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Bob Rose in a few, but stick with us. We'll be right back. Athletic field provides challenges that test a competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Louisiana needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, September 18th. And on the line with us is Sports Illustrated beat writer for the Saints, Bob Rose. Good morning, Bob, and how are you going? How's it going, man? Uh, good morning. Just getting geared up for Monday Night Football. Uh, wife and I are actually in Charlotte uh, for, for the game, so we're excited about that. Uh, can't wait to see uh, you see how the Saints look under the primetime lights. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, too, of course. Uh, the Saints come in a small favorite, uh, three-point pick, I do believe. And uh, mm-hmm. with that, uh, of course, uh, Derek Carr, uh, of course, leading the Saints. Of course, uh, Carolina last uh, week had a tough time as the Falcons showing that they might be a pretty good football team this year as Atlanta takes down Green Bay uh, over the weekend. And, uh, of course, uh, they took down uh, the uh, Panthers last weekend. And uh, right now we'll get to see a Heisman Trophy uh, for a player for the for the Panthers and the Saints, uh, Derek Carr. Derek has a, a dubious distinction of possibly if the Saints, and I think the last time the Saints went 2-0 and to begin the year was maybe 10, 9, 10 years ago. Uh, and uh, they've got a chance to go 2-0. and But uh, they've had tough times in uh, Carolina to beat the Panthers. It's, it's a hard game for them to win the last few years. Yeah, it really has been, and really, yeah, historically, this series between Carolina and New Orleans has been very evenly matched. Uh, you know, the the Saints have a twenty nine to twenty eight all time record against uh, the you know, the Panthers, uh, including fourteen and fourteen in Carolina. But like you said, the last two times we've seen New Orleans go into uh, go into Carolina to face the Panthers, the Panthers have really physically taken it to the Saints. Uh, you know, and really, it, it, honestly, I thought that those were each very undermanned and overmatched Panthers teams. Uh, you know, and, you know, and the Saints just came out listless. So I hope those locker room leaders uh, you know, on both sides, offense and defense, uh, that have been there for those two losses have been reminding this club all uh, all week long, hey, 
you know, you're, you're one and oh, but we're not world beaters here. We got, you know, we got a big divisional matchup and, and that's the thing. Divisional matchups always take so much precedence over everybody else on your schedule because we've seen firsthand, uh, you know, uh, what coming up on the short end of several different tiebreakers can do to your team at the end of the year. And, you know, Bob, the Saints' defense uh, pretty much carried them in that first game. Uh, they, all they gave up was five field goals to uh, the Titans. And in the meantime, the Saints' offense, being sluggish at times, uh, even though Card did have a pretty good game, uh, when I look back on it, not realizing he threw for 300 yards mm-hmm. in that game. And the Saints' running attack, uh, boy, it needs some juice. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, when the Saints play in Carolina, it seems like they're just they're going through the motions in uh carolina has as you mentioned has beaten them up pretty bad it started with Jameis winston a couple years ago and then uh last year uh the saints just uh and even drew Brees had trouble in carolina so mm-hmm. uh it's gonna be a hard fought game tonight of course uh an early game comes on approximately six fifteen, uh i believe on espn uh it's the first of a doubleheader tonight in the nfl but the saints uh their defense can they carry them again against uh uh, Bryce Young, a Heisman Trophy winner, who's really not tall of stature. So if the Saints can get in his face with some uh, pressure up the middle, maybe they can uh, get him to move around in the pocket a little bit. But uh, who knows? Yeah, and when you look at the matchup on that side of the ball, it does look like the Saints have a very, have a significant advantage their defense against Carolina's offense. But as you pointed out, it's not only it's not just Bryce Young; it's a lot of new faces on that Panthers offense, including the head coach Frank Reich, who's a very offensive offensive minded coach. Uh, you know, they have new receivers: Adam Thielen, DJ Chark. Uh, new tight end Hayden Hurst, the new running back in Miles Sanders. So it's all new faces. Uh, you know, the, as a Saints fan, you hope that those new faces. I mean, they're all talented. You hope that they don't gel quickly, um, because Carolina continues to have issues protecting the quarterback. And we, you know, as we've seen in the last recent, you know, in, in the last handful of years, and you know, you don't want if you're a Panthers fan, you don't want your undersized Heisman Trophy winning number one overall pick. Uh, you know, to be running for his life and to be taking unnecessary shots. So, you know, therefore, I look for Carolina to try to establish the running game early on with Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah, and the Saints, contrastly, they know that the Panthers are probably going to come in with that kind of game plan. So it's going to be on them to stop the run immediately. Because the thing about the, you know, the game against the Titans last week, Tennessee had some early success running the ball, uh, you know, and the Saints clamped down later on. I would like to, love to see New Orleans uh, you know, shut down that running game right out of the gate and put the pressure on Bryce Young, protecting Bryce Young, and that set, you know, that New Orleans secondary I think is outstanding, and it looks like they have a really big advantage against uh, what I think is a pedestrian Carolina receiving core, but that's why they play the games between the lines and on the field. Yeah, that it is, too. Of course, the Saints defense uh, took uh, took care of Tannehill last uh, week as they had three interceptions and harassed him pretty much uh, throughout the game. So, uh, And as you mentioned, uh, big Derrick Henry started off like a locomotive, but towards the end of the game, uh, Saints shut him down. I don't think he had 50 yards uh, uh, running. He had a one long pass completion uh, to Henry. But other than that, uh, the Saints – Defense, uh, and I think I remember and can recall the last few years have been in the top five, top ten in uh, defensive stats. So uh, it's been the offense that uh, hadn't put up the points. They only averaged 18, 19 points a game last year. Let's see if, uh, and of course, 16 uh, last week. Let's see if the Saints can get on the board early and often uh, to uh, slow down a Carolina team that uh, comes in 0-1. I think they lost 24-6. to Last twenty-four to seven last week uh, against the Falcons, so uh, it'll be an interesting game tonight uh, to see what the Saints can do. Yeah, and you know, flipping over to the offensive side, you bring up a great point. Uh, yeah, and I know there were actually some people somewhat critical about the Saints' offense only putting sixteen points on the board. Uh, yeah, but when I rewatched that game, there were three or four opportunities where the Saints had uh, had chances to put more points on the board, including at the end of the game when they were inside the t- you know, Titans' ten and they just ran out the clock. 
So you know, New Orleans had opportunities last week. They just need to capitalize on uh, you know, on that going forward. You need the, the Saints need absolutely need to establish the run and win their battles up front. To me, that's the biggest matchup of the game is the New Orleans front line against the Carolina front seven uh, on defense. And the Panthers have some you know, very good talent there. Brian Burns, we've seen Brian Burns wreck New Orleans you know, blocking schemes uh, you know, and pass pockets for the last couple of years. So, yeah, And he's more often than not going to be matched up on Trevor Penning's side. I don't need to remind you guys how much Penning struggled last week, so I expect the Saints to keep a tight end or maybe a running back over there to chip and help a little bit. Uh, but you know, New Orleans, even without Alvin Kamara, and, and it does look like rookie running back Kendra Miller is going to play, they're going to have to establish the run and get a little bit of balance going forward so that way Derek Carr isn't running for his life. We talked about the key, you know, it, you know key on the other side of the ball is making Bryce Young feel uncomfortable uh, you know, and getting pressure. You better believe that the Titans are going to have that same kind of strategy coming in because it looks like you know the three New Orleans receivers, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, and of course Rashid Shahid, along with their tight ends, uh, you know, have an advantage against a Panther secondary that's going to be without J.C. Horn. So the strategy to combat that is, of course, just get to the quarterback, make him, you know, put him on the ground, make him hurry his throws, things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me to see the Saints play a lot of two tight end formations and come out with a quick, uh, you know, quick rhythm offense, which is something that Pete Carmichael and Derek Carr both want to employ anyway. Um, you know, doing stuff like that, being able to move the ball because Carolina, unlike New Orleans, Carolina doesn't play a lot of in-your-face man coverage. So the underneath opportunities will be there. Carr just has to you know, go through his progressions very quickly and get the ball to the open man. Do you, uh, you, you mentioned uh, Condre Miller hopefully being able to play, and I know we won't get the active list till about 4.30, but mm-hmm. are you aware of any uh, players who you know to be out of note? No, it actually looks like everybody's going to be a full go. Uh, you know, like you said, we won't find out till a couple hours before the game. Uh, you know, folks, we do publish that on the Saints News Network. John Hendricks, our, uh, our beat writer, usually takes care of that. So keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, Kendra Miller, Jawan Johnson, who's dealing with, uh, I don't remember whether it's a quad injury or a calf injury. He was a little bit limited in practice later in the week. So, the, you know, Miller and Jawan are the two names to keep uh, the closest eye on, but it looks like they're both going to be a go. How limited they're going to be in, in the game itself, that's another question. Gotcha. Any thoughts? Uh, do you have a chance to see any of the division yesterday? Uh I, you know what? I didn't. I saw the scores, uh, but you know, my wife and I decided to drive to Pittsburgh for, you know, from Pittsburgh to to Charlotte. Uh, we we got caught up in trade. It ended up being a ten hour drive on what should have been a seven hour drive. Uh, you know, so I saw nothing but the scores. But I'll tell you, there were a couple of things that raised my eyebrow. You mentioned the Falcons beating the Packers uh, you know, to to go two and zero, uh, you know, and the Buccaneers. You know, um, winning their game to go two and zero too. I, I watched uh, also. that game. I'm a Bear fan. I watched that game, and they just looked uh, like a Division two school. It was brutal. Yeah, Chicago did or Tampa Bay did. Yeah, Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I, if you're a Bear fan, I apologize. They got. It looks like they got some work ahead of them. They got some pieces there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, irregardless of who they play, the important, most important thing is that both Atlanta and Tampa Bay are sitting at two and zero, and New Orleans has got to keep pace, uh, especially when facing a divisional opponent of their own. And you know, you don't want you don't want the Panthers to stay in the divisional race this early on, and you want to try to keep pace as best you can with the other you know, with your other foes. Yeah, I, I, I look at it. The Bears are zero and two, but then uh, they're only a half a game behind. Uh... Uh, the rest of the division. Uh, everyone lost uh, this week in the uh, what I'm calling the uh, Ignorus division. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's important for fans to realize too. Uh, you know, with only three preseason games now, not a, you know, most teams don't even dress their starters from you know most of the preseason. So you know uh, what the team that you see for the first two or three weeks 
is not the same team that you're going to see in late November and early December. The key is to keep your head above water, win the games that you're supposed you know, win as much as you can, obviously, but win the games that you're supposed to win and don't fall in an early hole in your division. And that's what the, you know, the Saints, uh, you know, the Bears even at 0-2, as you, know, as you said, uh, you know, they're, they're far from out of it. I mean, we see teams every single year, you know, start 0-2, 1-2, and sometimes 0-3, and, and still put it together to make a playoff run. Uh, you, you just, you don't want to drop divisional games and then, you know, you don't want to drop conference games if, you, if it could be helped early in the year. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing, you know, that and to avoid injuries, obviously. There you go. Anything uh, you're going to be keying on tonight? I'm going to be watching the Saints' offensive line you know, the closest, uh, you know, because that, you know, that's a unit that really, really struggled against Tennessee, as we all know. Uh, I know, you know, Penning and the, you know, the rest of the starters, they got the biggest criticisms for, you know, for the lack of pass protection, and rightfully so. But that unit's really going to have to open up holes for Jamal Williams and, you know, whatever touches that Kendra Miller get. Uh, you know, 60 something yards, uh, let me see, you know, 69 yards on the ground against Tennessee. That's not going to cut it going forward. I realize Derek Carr and his receivers are really talented, but you need to run the ball, uh, you know, with or without Alvin Kamara. I mean, Jamal Williams is, this, this is precisely why you brought him in. This is precisely why you drafted Kendra Miller. So that way you, you had improved talent in the backfield. So yeah, the offensive line and the ability to run the ball is what I'm going to be watching watching the most uh you know and then you know Bryce Young is are, are the Saints going to be able to pressure Bryce Young make him uncomfortable force him into a few mistakes like we saw them do with Tannehill last week those to me are the two biggest keys to this uh, to winning this game Bob uh, appreciate you joining us as always on these Mondays usually it's after a game but happy to have you uh, in advance of this one uh, remind us uh, how we can follow your work as always, guys, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me on social media, Facebook, Bob Rose, R-O-S-E, uh, over on Twitter, at Bobby R. 2613 and all of my work uh, I not only publish on my personal pages but make sure you uh, to follow me and the rest of our writers at the Saints News Network at Saints News on Twitter and we do all the coverage for your New Orleans Saints on SI.com and while you're at it make sure you check out our weekly show our weekly podcast is called the Bayou Blitz uh, we go live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time run for about an hour or so we try to have fun uh, but be educated at the same time uh you know so if you haven't already make sure you check that out and let me know how you like it real good bob always a pleasure we'll uh, look forward to talking to you next monday morning uh gentlemen who dat uh hopefully we get to talk about uh, a couple victories because we'll talk about another game day uh you know sunday at this time next week there you go bob take care uh, enjoy the game yeah appreciate it thank you all uh, right thank you bob uh of course uh, just quickly uh uh, the Dolphins late last night beat the Patriots 24-17. Uh, uh, it's the first time since 2001 that New England's 0-2. Meanwhile, the Seahawks in overtime take down the Lions. And now it's up to Dan Campbell to, and his team to prove otherwise. Of course, Seattle punctured their hype balloon. Meanwhile, the Titans, they come back and uh, beat the Chargers in overtime. The Chargers are the 33rd team in the Super Bowl era with 50-plus points and no turnovers through their first two games. Yet they're 0-2. Commanders take down uh, Sean Payton and the Broncos 35-33. The Broncos get that Hail Mary pass, but they can't convert the two-point play to and, take and it in overtime. I heard it was a controversial call, too. Uh, I saw the play. I, I have not. Yeah, it's uh, the ball bounced around a few times before it was being caught in the end zone. In the meantime, uh, the Giants uh, take down the Cardinals. Uh, they have to come back late. The G-Man erased a 21-point deficit and pulling it off in the desert. So elsewhere, the Ravens beat the Bengals. You're wondering what's happened with the Bengals. Cincinnati uh, made the playoffs last season after going 0-2, so they'll have to do that again this year. 49ers uh, beat the Rams 30-23. to Niners won, but what a story. Rams rookie uh, Puka Nuka uh, has been uh, – he's turning heads with uh, – 10 catches in his debut and added 15 more catches yesterday. Might be a favorite of Stafford. The Falcons uh, on a late field goal beat the Packers 25-24. But John Robinson looks like a player, too, for Atlanta, showing why uh, they took him at number eight. Elsewhere, the Chiefs down the Jaguars 17-9. Chiefs don't look like the, the Chiefs through the first two weeks, but 
They get uh, Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones back. Meanwhile, the Cowboys, they're looking impressive right now, especially their defense. They beat the Jets 30-10. to They steamrolled New York. Uh, the Giants last week beat the Jets this week uh, by scores of 70-10 to in both games. Of course, we talked a little bit about the Bears losing uh, to the Buccaneers 27-17. No Tom Brady, no problem, but Baker Mayfield and the Bucks are undefeated. Colts down the Texans 31-20. Bills take care of the Raiders 38-10 as Josh Allen and Buffalo bounce back in a big way after their dud last week. And, of course, the Saints on tonight at 6-15 on ESPN uh, with the other game, uh, the Steelers and the 49ers, uh, the late game. Uh, on a on uh, ABC tonight. Uh, anyway, Jeff, time to take a break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big Monday, September the 18th. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by GolfBalls.com and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Oak. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Cane. Stream us live on Cane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to uh, Bayou Sports here on a big Monday. And I want to report a world record being broken by a Lafayette native, Armand Mondo Duplantis, didn't exactly remember soaring over the bar as he set a new world record up at the Steve Prefontaine Classic up in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, But uh, he knew that came next. I just looked up. The bar was still there. He laughed. Former LSU star Duplantis and uh, Ethiopia distance runner uh, Gudaf uh, Tiske uh, both set uh, new world records on Sunday to wrap up the season at the Prefontaine Classic uh, track and field meet. And uh, with that, of course, the native of Lafayette, known as Mondo, he leaped uh, 6.23 meters, which is 20 feet, 5 and a quarter inches. The reigning world champion broke his own record of 6.22 meters and 20 feet, four and a three-quarter inches set indoors earlier this year. He was swarmed by fellow competitors after clearing the jump, then hopped onto the track's railing and struck a a victory pose for fans at uh, Eugene Haywood Field. We're not only competitors, but we really are brothers, and we have a great time together out there, DePlanis said. To see them embrace me like that uh, after doing a jump, breaking a world record, I'm thankful. I just feel very lucky. And uh, fellow vaulters, uh, Sweden's Armand, of course, he pole vaulted for Sweden. His mother, a native of Sweden, he pole vaulted for Sweden last year into the air. And after he set a new world record in the pole vault with that leap of 20 feet, five and a quarter inches during a season-ending Prefontaine Classic uh, field meet up in Haywood Field in Eugene, Oregon. Of course, that was uh, uh, yesterday uh, with that. And early in the day, uh, the other world record was broken in the 5,000 meters at 14 minutes, 0.21 tenths of a second. 
Of course, the Prefontaine Classic normally runs in late May, but uh, this was the year's final stop on the International Diamond League circuit. 32 champions crowd during the two-day meet, each earning $30,000. So, uh, anyway, it was the last major international track and field meet before the athletes begin gearing up for the Paris Olympics next summer. So, uh, with that... So with that, uh, Jeff, uh, today in sports history, not unless I might have missed uh, a little something along uh, the way. I just saw a story uh, pop up. Looks like uh, Tampa Bay Rays and the city of St. Petersburg, Florida, have come to an agreement on a 30,000-seat dome stadium. I'm not, I hope, retractable roof, but yes. it says uh, dome stadium. Uh, but it looks like uh, they're going to build again in St. Pete. Uh, I, you know, I've been to Tampa a few times. Uh, I was hoping they might get out of St. Petersburg and settle on uh, Tampa, maybe a little easier to get to, but it uh, looks like they're going to stay in St. Pete. You know, and 30,000 doesn't sound like a, a, a large stadium. Usually baseball stadiums say uh, 40,000, 45,000 usually is what they build them. But uh, 30,000, of course, you even mentioned that uh, how the Rays just, uh, they don't draw real no, well. No, they have not. Uh, and having a pretty good teams that made the World Series once, twice possibly. I think the Phillies beat them in one. And uh, not sure about Dodgers the, other one, the Dodgers. Yeah, in 2020, was it when the Dodgers yeah. uh, won their last World Series? But uh, anyway, today in sports history, here on a big uh, September the 18th, way back in 1848, baseball rules first baseman can tag the base for an out instead of the runner. In other words, back then, you had to tag the runner. Uh, not the base. I would imagine that was at all bases. Uh, that probably is true, but uh, the first baseman can tag the base for the out instead of the. Of course, when we were kids, you used to play, you used to throw the ping pong ball at you <laughs> to get you out. Anyway, uh, on this date, 1909, the largest paid in baseball attendance of 35409 as the Philadelphia A's beat the Tigers 2 to nothing in Detroit. Also in this date, 1929, the Pirates lost to the Braves and clinched the NL pennant for the Cubs back in 1929. Elsewhere on this date in 1938, the Chicago Bears beat the Green Bay Packers, ready, two to nothing in an NFL game. Elsewhere on this date in 1946, Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber, KOs Tammy Morello in uh, round one for the heavyweight boxing title. Of course, Joe Lewis defended his title 25 times, I do believe. Elsewhere on this date in 1955, Willie Mays hits a record-tying ninth home run at Ebbets Field. Ties former LSU great Joe Edcock in that regard. Also in this date, 1956, Mickey Mantle's the eighth man to hit 50 homers in a season. Of course, uh, the others being Greenberg, Ruth, uh, and that crowd. Also in this date, 1962, Bob Aspromonte, uh, former Astro and Colt third baseman, uh, sets an NL record for a third baseman at 57 consecutive errorless games. Also in this date, 1963, the final game at the Polo Grounds as the Phillies defeat the Mets by a score of 5-1. to one. Only 1,752 people are there at the Polo Grounds to watch the Mets play that day. Also in this date, 1965, Mickey Mantle Day at Yankee Stadium as Mantle plays in his 2,000th game for the New York Yankees. Also on this date, 1966, Baltimore quarterback Johnny Unitas throws four TD passes and a 38-23 win at Minnesota to surpass Y.A. Tittle as the NFL's career passing leader with 212. Can you believe that? He finished his career, Unitas does, with 290 touchdown passes. Wasn't Tom Brady over 600, I think, touchdown passes? Uh, sets the all-time record. Anyway, on this date, 1972, the first black umpire in the National League is Art Williams for the Los Angeles Dodgers versus San Diego Padres game. Also in this date in 1976 in Major League Baseball, Cleveland's player manager, Frank Robinson, last game as a player in the Major Leagues. Elsewhere on this date in 1983, the Saints in their first overtime victory, they beat the Bears 34-31. Also in this date, 1990, Atlanta is chosen as the 1996 Centennial. That's the 100th anniversary of the Summer Olympics. They've chosen Atlanta way back in uh, 90, but they didn't have the, uh, the Olympics uh, that year in Atlanta till 96. Also in this date, 1994, Ken Burns' documentary, the miniseries Baseball, premieres on PBS. And if you ever get to see it, 
It's going to take you maybe a day or two to watch the whole thing, but very interesting, a lot of facts. He did a lot of good work in that. Also in 1996, Roger Clements ties his own major league record with 20 strikeouts on this date. Of course, I think the major league record also held by Kerry Wood struck out 20 for the Cubs uh, way back uh, when, Jeff. I want to say 90. Eight, eight, six, somewhere in there. I'm pretty sure it was 98 against Houston, I think. Yeah, struck out 20. Birthdays today. Born on this date, 1925, the kitten, Harvey Haddix, the only man to pitch 12 perfect innings. He was born in Midway, Ohio. Of course, the kitten passed away in 1994, pitched for the Pirates. Elsewhere on this date, born on this date, 1952, Rick Pitino, basketball coach, born in New York City, New York. Also born on this day, Heisman Trophy winner Billy Sims, born on this day in 1955, running back, uh, uh, Hall of Fame running back, born in uh, Oklahoma, of course, pro bowler, born in St. Louis, Missouri, though. Elsewhere on this date, born on this date, former Cubs second baseman Ryan Sandberg, born on this date back in 1959, excuse me, 59, uh, Hall of Famer, MVP in the National League in 84, nine-time gold glove. Uh, manager of the Phillies for a few years, too, born in Spokane, Washington. Also born on this date, 1971, uh, bicyclist, seven Tour de France uh, winnings, but uh, was banned for drug use, lost his uh, uh, that title. Uh, Lance Armstrong, born on this day back in 1971. Passing away on this day uh, in 2002, at one time called the fastest human on earth, Bob Hayes, former cowboy, two-time Olympic gold medal winner, uh, in the 100 meters and forward by 100 meter relay, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame called dies a kidney failure at 59 years of age. Also passing away on this date, and uh, we still see a lot of his films. Steve Sable, filmmaker, 35 Emmy Awards, founder of NFL Films, along with his dad, dies of brain cancer on this day at 69 back in 2012. Also passing away on this day in 2013, boxer Ken Norton, the world boxing crown heavyweight champion, 1978, famous uh, Muhammad Ali trilogy, as they fought three times, International Boxing Hall of Fame, dies at the age of 70. Of course, his son, a linebacker for the Cowboys back in the day. Coach now, I think. So. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, quote of the day, Steve, Steve Sable, go back to him. He said, you know, when we see a game as art as much as a sport, that helped us nature uh, nurture not only the game's traditions but develop it. Uh, mythology, so uh, America's team, the catch, the frozen tundra, they all brought those uh, sayings around here and his dad. And if you ever see NFL films, they put a whole heart into it. And who was the gentleman's voice they used? John Facenda. Yes. They used and then his Harry Callis after John passed away. Yeah. Uh, anyway, just uh, NFL films, Steve Sable, uh, passing away on this day back in 2012. With that, that's today in sports history here on Bayou Sports. You're on a big uh, Monday, September the 18th, Jeff. Now back to you. All right. Always want to thank our guests, Coach Ryan Antoine over at Westgate, Bob Rose with SI.com and other uh, avenues, and our sponsors, Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep, District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, the Headache and Pain Center, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency. Appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.